Hey everyone, it's Jamie Heath here from the Man Enough Podcast, and I got some exciting news for you. Thanks to your support and your compassion for our show, Man Enough has been nominated for not one, but two Webbies. Now for us, that's a really big deal. Two Webbies, come on now. And to celebrate, we're sharing a special re-release of one of my personal favorite episodes with Giacomo Giannotti, who is nominated for a Webby Award himself for Best Individual Episode here on the Man Enough Podcast. Now, a call to action for men is a vulnerable and urgent message about support, compassion, and understanding for women. So if you enjoy this conversation as much as I do, please vote for us at vote.webbies.com. That's V-O-T-E dot W-E-B-B-Y-S dot com. Thank you so much for your support. Hello and welcome to Man Enough. I'm Justin Baldoni. I'm Liz Plank. And I'm Jamie Heath. And this is a special episode. It is. Because... Number one, we're wearing the same clothes as our finale. As our finale. Why? Because we are currently shooting our finale and we had an amazing guest come in. And the conversation was so important and too good. So we've created an extra episode. A whole episode. Yeah. yeah. Episode. We could not edit a single word out of that conversation. And every single word was crucial. Yeah. Who? So who is on with us today, Liz? So Giacomo Giannotti, who is, I don't know, at this point, one of my favorite humans <laughs> alive. And um, right. I thought he, I was like, I thought yeah, I was a big before. fan. You loved him before. I loved him before. And now I, I need a new word because um, he just showed up to this table and did something that uh, so few men have done in my life or so few men have done, I think, publicly, especially in this moment uh, where there's a lot that's at stake for women's rights. And he just walked in and blew me away and brought me to tears. So I'm not going to tell you what he did because yeah. you're going to have to listen. But mm. it was worth just making its own episode for. So with that, let's just go right to it. This is Man Enough. Okay, welcome back to Man Enough. Oh, Giacomo, hi. Hi. We're so excited that you're here. <laughs> Thank you, me too. <laughs> All right, tell us what you've been doing. Tell, tell us since we, you last were on our podcast and we had some amazing conversations and you yeah. shared some really- uh, I loved that episode. It was, it was so, so sweet. good. Sweet. You were, and, and people loved that episode. Mm-hmm. I think it was so useful for not just men, but men particularly who are in relationships mm-hmm. and are- going through issues in their relationship that's reflecting their mm-hmm. journey around masculinity. And I, it like, he, like even sometimes when I feel hopeless <laughs> about the few, like I feel a hetero pessimistic, oh I'll go and look like some of the things that you said on that episode really give me hope about, about all of us as a, you know, coming together, men and women making it work. So yeah, I'm really, glad. really Thank insightful you. things. And, you know, like I said on that time, just because I was, um, you know, competent enough to speak about these things and articulate them did not mean that I was a master of these, these right. things, mm. right? But I think that's the first step, like I said, you know, is just if you can acknowledge these things and say, oh, I do have these issues, then I can work on them. And I'm still, you know, working on, Yeah, haven't made leaps and bounds since we last Talk, guys, did, uh, you know, did your wife listen best. to the Yeah, episode? what were her thoughts? She did. She loved it. And she's like, great, now I have this piece of video I can just hold you to task. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, point to it when we're having trouble and say, hey, remember what you said here uh, when, when Liz I asked love that her. question? I love her. So yeah, what are some of the things that maybe you 
some steps that you have taken since then. Yeah. Not that we were like the, the impetus for every mm -hmm. change in well, life, but I mean, what are some I, things? Yeah, I, the last time I was here, I, I don't think I was in a headspace, you know, to share something with you guys. But since it went so well and you guys provided such an amazing, um, safe, uh, uh, gracious uh, space to share, I felt like I wanted to share it today. And I, and I feel mm. like mm. with everything going on um, in the media today, I felt more so of a responsibility as a man to share it. And um, during the pandemic, um, my wife and I uh, suffered two back-to-back -back, uh, missed miscarriages. Oh. We lost uh, two children. And oh. um, for those of you who don't know what a missed miscarriage is, uh, when, uh, when a woman miscarries, um, there is a sort of automatic bodily function uh, that occurs that allows um, that woman to pass that child. And so what a missed miscarriage is, is the body does not recognize that that has happened and therefore does not kick in that response to pass that child, which means at that point, what is needed is medical intervention and a medical abortion. And so my wife and I um, did that two times in a row, back to back. We lost two children and, and my, my wife needed this medical this healthcare, uh, this basic human right of healthcare to to save her life, um, because her body was not doing what it was supposed to do, and um, you know it, it was incredibly difficult, incredibly challenging. But because of my wife and I's um, socioeconomic privilege that we have, you know, we went to a top care healthcare facility, had no problems, and and got through it as as best as we could. And, you know, we're able to move on and heal because of that right that was given to us. If we did not have that privilege, I really don't know what we would have done. And it's the problem that's facing so many people uh, across the country right now. Um, and, and, you know, nobody in that uh, who's put in that position wants to be there. It's a horrible place to be, to have to make that decision for whatever reason. And the fact that women have to not only have obstacles in the way of having to make that decision, but that they also have to have shame thrown at them around it is just despicable and um, uh, even more traumatizing, you know? And I think for us, like my wife and I, uh, the trauma was threefold because the first trauma is just finding out that you've lost your child, which is hugely traumatic. Uh, the second trauma is having to go to a medical facility where that child is having to be removed, you know, fr from her body. And the finality of that is incredibly traumatizing. And then the third trauma is having to share this news with, with your community, with your loved ones, with your safe family and friends, and having to relive that trauma through the sharing of it. And... Uh, speaking of sharing, I, I'm sharing this with you all with, with my wife's consent. We've talked about this, of course. And she said to me, you know, Jacob, I'm, I'm really glad and, and, and proud that you're actually going to be able to share this because I feel like so oftentimes in society, the women are burdened with having to share um, this news, and, and which further emphasizes how society thinks it's a woman's problem mm. and a woman's issue. Mm. So um, 
that being said, you know, m men need to speak up and I'm trying to do my best uh, of, of, you know, walking the walk. I, I talk it all the time and this is me just trying to, to walk it as well. And, you know, men need to speak up and, and share their stories more than ever, not just how men have benefited from having access to abortions, but also stories like mine where, you know, to no fault of their own, uh, we've had to have access to, to medical abortions because we've had miscarriages. And even though my my suffering can't even be compared to, to my wife's suffering, I still suffered. Yeah. I still lost, you know, mm -hmm. two children. Never going to get to meet them. Never going to get to know their names. Never going to get to push them on a swing. I lost that. Mm. And, and that's heavy. And I, want, I know that I'm not alone because I've, I've spoken to other men in my community about their stories. And, you know, I, I'm a big history buff and I, I've studied a lot of, you know, war and, and battles and throughout history. And they were always one, even if they were outnumbered, because they had the strength of their entire army fighting behind them. And I think in this issue, women have been fighting this alone for too long. And I, I think that's why... Uh, they're always losing and why we find ourselves in a position where not only progress is slowed, but we're reversing. We're going mm -hmm. backwards. And until men realize that this is our issue too, and we need to fight not only just as hard, but harder because we have making up to do, we'll, we'll never succeed and we'll never have freedom from this. You know, the fact that, you know, I remember being a kid and hearing about feminism and thinking, you know, it was, oh, it's like, oh, feminism is just anti-man. anti, anti -man. You know, yeah. it's pro-woman and anti-man. And no, if you look up the definition, it's literally just equality. Just equal rights. That's it. It's not bashing men. It's not anti-man. It's just equality. So if there's no um, laws that are regulating my bodily autonomy or any of the decisions that I need to make, whether I want to have a vasectomy, reverse my vasectomy, or do any of these things, and there is laws and regulations around a woman's autonomy, that means we are not equal. And until that wrong is, is right, we will never be equal. And so I just hope that other men can feel safe to, to share their stories uh, of this so that we really rally behind women and let them know that they don't have to fight this battle on their own. And I think, I hope, hope through that we will finally have success and we don't have to talk about this stuff anymore and um i just thank all of you guys for for listening and wow. holding space for me thank you for sharing that wow i this is one of the most significant moments in my life what you have just done is um something that that feels healing to me from so many years of wanting to hear that from a man and um I couldn't I, I I can't tell you what it means for me for you to bring this up without me having to bring it up because this has been on my mind every day um and I feel like annoying and I feel like I'm making I'm imposing this conversation onto men and for you to come in here and decide to do it and to share this story with us and our audience is so meaningful. It's so meaningful. And it's also reflective of so many other men and so many other couples who have gone through this. Most of the 
abortions that we're talking about, I mean, most of half of them happen with abortion pills because they happen so early in the pregnancy. And then those that don't, very much often they happen to couples who do not want that to be the outcome. And terminating a pregnancy is an, an, an abortion. And so every time we let people disparage this conversation by, by and yell at people, harass people, kill people who provide or who are fighting for the right to abortion, we it's we're giving into a lie and we're hurting people like you and your wife. We're hurting people who are just doing their best. So I don't even I'm like I'm actually don't have the most eloquent thing to say right now because I am um just so grateful and like I'm I'm kind of overwhelmed and speechless. Mm. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> I've not I know I just dropped a lot on you guys. So no, you you, you I, dropped exactly what you needed to and what we needed. But thank to you for letting me get get through it and, and appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that. And also, Liz, um, thank you for sharing that. I haven't seen you moved as much. Um, it's rare that you show that side. And uh, you had said some things like you have been waiting to hear that from a man. And um, so <clears throat> I appreciate you sharing your own personal story and the trauma of that being vulnerable, but also you didn't just leave it there. You then led that to, um, to the equality of women. It didn't just stay with your own personal life. Of course. That you then led it to that. And that's ultimately what you're leaving it with. Um, which is what I know also moved you so much that it wasn't only about your personal loss, but the loss of what women experience all the time and how they go through this alone. So thank you for doing that. Well, I think, you know, I, I can't tell you how much, you know, therapy my wife and I've had to do to, to overcome these, these devastating, you know, bring you to your knees uh, losses. Um, but through that, um, uh, as you very aptly put, you know, once you get beyond the, the, the you of like what this has done to me and that sort of squared away and understood and, and processed, then you do sort of look up from yourself and realize that this isn't just happening to me. This is happening to so many people. And like once we started sharing it with with our community, and I started talking to different you know men in my group about it, and my wife started sharing it with different women and, and men in her group about it. You know, we just realized how common this is, mm -hmm. scarily, shockingly mm -hmm. common. Mm -hmm. And you know, the stigmas around this stuff and why you know women harbor so much shame is because it's not talked about enough. So women feel extremely isolated in this event and isolated in this experience because it doesn't seem like it's happening to everybody else mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's not being spoken about mm -hmm. enough. But and men are around, sure not speaking about it. And men are mm -hmm. sure not speaking about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And you know what it makes me think is that I, I, I remember some years ago, I looked at, uh, I was interested in people who lost children through kidnapping. Mm. Um, and I started noticing that there are some that recover and some that don't. Yeah. And always the ones that recover are the ones that have their pain and then look outward and how this has affected the rest of the world and how they could be an advocate for it so that their loss isn't in vain. Right. It means something. It means something. Definitely. So I know that your family has experienced so much. I can't, I can't even imagine really, and, and not just once, but twice. And yet also to know that it won't be in vain because you are 
thinking about how you use that to then better humanity and to advance us. And I believe that when you get to the next world, whatever you may believe that is, for me it is in fact heaven or whatever people call it, that you'll look back and you will know that it was not in vain, that humanity advanced, women actually were elevated and um, men stood up more because of you and your experience and you speaking about it. If I have a small role to play in that, then I'm very happy to because it's just, you know, like you said, like once you get out of the whole, you know, your own and how it affects you, uh, you really realize the bigger picture and the bigger picture, um, it, you know, is, is a call to action. It's, it's, we, we right. have to, we have to do better. And I, I sound str- like, like you were saying, like, I feel like I'm annoying. I feel like I'm like always bringing it up and, and stuff, but it, it, it's really on men right now to, to share their experiences. I, I just, at the very least, I just want women and families to, to not feel like they're alone in this and like having it happen during a pandemic where we're already mm-hmm. like incredibly isolated. We're not seeing anyone. We're not talking mm-hmm. to many people and being as social as we mm-hmm. normally would. It, it, it was incredibly isolating. Yeah. If we felt incredibly alone mm-hmm. in this experience. And, and, and like you said, a lot of, you know, uh, experiences uh, like this can either make or break a relationship. And, and I'm, I'm very lucky to say that I, we got kind of closer over it. You know, it, it was kind of like, well, if we can get through this, then, then what can we get through? You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, but it's challenging and it affects so many more people. And I think, you know, I didn't know so much about, you know, this stuff and this fertility and, and women suffer so much in, in fertility. It's, it can be an incredibly beautiful mm-hmm. process. Um, uh, that's incredibly rewarding, but it can also be a very long and arduous uh, and dangerous. And I mean, dangerous childbirth journey. is dangerous, yes. right? Like it's a major it, medical event. It, it, exactly. For a lot of women, it's it's a threat to their lives. Um, and so when we're thinking about black mortality, and we're thinking about uh, uh, sorry, when we're thinking about you know maternal mortality, but mm-hmm. also black female mortality, which Correct. is even higher. And in a lot of these states, you know, it's it's poor women, it's women of color that are mm-hmm. they're not going to have access to abortion. Um, this is so much of a bigger issue. And I, and I love that you use the word abortion and you didn't say like, you know, what sort of these platitudes of a woman's right to choose or, you know, again, it's reproductive rights. It's not, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think it's important that we say that and we use that term because, um, people who are rapidly anti-choice will use the word abortion and we don't use it. Mm -hmm. And so that means that we kind of again ascribe this fear to it or 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 we kind of give into that framing that there's something wrong or that there's Correct. something horrible about it because of ignorance and a lack of education and yes. for nothing else yeah because you know and and like even me like when i was growing up or as a teenager and someone brought up the word abortion i didn't know mm-hmm. the expanse of that of word. course i didn't know right the 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 massiveness of, mm-hmm. of what that word carried and it's carrying a lot mm-hmm and and because of lack of education in a lot of these places, you know, people are voting against things that if you would just say, if your daughter had right. this happen to her, do yeah. you know that she would yes. not have a, and they'd be like, Absolutely oh, well, not. I didn't know it in yeah. that case. Yeah. Well, but that's, a, but she didn't, that's not, she didn't choose. That would never like, happen to, that would never go, happen no, to my daughter. No, that's literally what it is yeah. because yeah, exactly. down the line, yeah, yeah. no matter what the scenario, the procedure is the same. Yeah. No, if, if, and therefore, yeah. it's always called an abortion. Mm-hmm. And so, if you outlaw that, you outlaw any scenario yeah. where yeah. that is needed, yeah. where it could be life-threatening, yes. like you said. Yeah. So uh, it's it's about like education and 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 getting people to know in those other states where there's lack of education, lack of maybe more progressive media, mm-hmm. uh, to to really redefine all the things that that word covers mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. umbrella that it that yeah. it holds. You know. 
because I think if, if people really knew how, how many things that word covers, I, th- I think they would rethink their political position on it, mm-hmm. you know? There's and, a medical decision, yeah, you know, at the end yeah. of the day. And doctors, there's, you know, no medical establishment that supports this. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Mad Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. I appreciate you sharing all that, um, both of you. Uh, I'm one that struggles using the word abortion. Mm-hmm. Not, that's not true. I, I can use the word abortion. I struggle with using it in the context of speaking about this. I know that it can be triggering Definitely. or, or, or it's, a, it's a hot topic word that can then sometimes make it go somewhere that mm-hmm. I'm not hoping it goes because rather I want to talk about the issue um, and not get people on defensive and all of that. Um, and I can't say that I'm fully, even after hearing this, comfortable just using it in this context. Um, why, why, why? What do, you, what do you mean? I don't disagree with anything that both of you said. My feeling has always been aborting a child for the sake of birth control, um, using it in that fashion, has been something that I, that I um, have had to reconcile of, of how that works in the world. Um, so because of that, um, I'm careful when I use the word. However, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong with that, or I'm not saying I'm right, let me just say there. I'm saying that what I appreciate by what you both said is the gravity of the word and how much it entails in education is important because it doesn't necessarily mean just what I have decided it meant growing up or another. Um, and if we do that, then it doesn't allow us to see the big picture. And we can, be, we can just be then stuck on what I think it means and therefore denying a whole thing that needs to be um, um, not denied. So um, that's pretty much what I want to say is that I appreciate that. I think there's a lot of... Um, a lot to learn from what you shared. I never, I appreciate you sharing that because I have felt this uh, ambivalence, I guess, from you, or or that you know that we don't necessarily land on the same page. And I do feel like you, you're, and I used to be like this too. I used to not say abortion because I was like, oh, then it'll be easier to talk to people. But where I'm realizing again, it's it's becoming an issue because then we let other people define uh, abortion for for us in a way that even what you described is not how most people use abortion right most people don't want to get an abortion yeah, right sure, like and yeah. and it's expensive and it's especially now i mean there are many Agreed. most counties don't have an abortion clinic so it's like very taxing um to to to, to do that and mm. i but i also understand because i remember I remember, again, sort of being at a certain age and being like, oh, should abortion, you kind of have this idea of who gets an abortion, right? Or there's this story out there. And that didn't come from you. That didn't come from, you're not a a, a person who judges other people. You're not someone who judges women and their decisions. But there are narratives in our society that drive policy, that drive our cultural feelings about things. And that is one of them that, yeah, it's, it's just not, most women and it's not most um, couples. And I think it's important for us to dispel that myth because unfortunately it's led us here, right? Where we're worried about bringing up an issue about like, I'm sorry to bring up like, sorry to be dramatic, but like, should women have bodily autonomy? You know, like, it's just like, we're, the world is watching us, you know, descend into, into a really, um, a really dangerous place. 
and I appreciate so much what you said, Liz, about that we should be comfortable with the, using the word abortion. As a black man, I know there are some people that are not comfortable doing a Black Lives Matter march. They're not comfortable with putting things on their social media. They're comfortable in the way that they know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And for me to say, well, you have to go to a march in order to make a stance is, um, might be unfair to their journey and to how they were raised. So long as they are doing the work is more what I care about versus the terminology they use. I don't want to say that though, therefore those people are not in fact on board mm -hmm. and, and care about the work. Yes, but doing the work, as you're saying, like, you know, to echo some of the conversations we were having the last time I was here is that, you know, you can't get away with, I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to be yeah. not racist. It's, it's about being anti-racist. Mm -hmm. What are you, what is the work that you're talking about that you're but doing? But you can be anti, you can be pro-choice very much. Speak about it, such and such, and not use two term, terminologies. Yeah. That's not saying. No, but, but I, I think, I think friend. we also had a conversation the last time I was here about, you know, getting people on board and how you have to be delicate and careful with that because you can lose them very quickly right. if you trigger or if you're too forceful or if you're too, you got to be gentle around the thing and understand and, and hold space for, for where they're at in their journey, in their education, in their faith, where whatever they're kind of going through that is seeming like a barrier to being more open to this. I think what I've landed on and in some of the conversations that I've had with my family or with my wife's family is that if you do not want to have an abortion because you think that is wrong, that is great. Don't have and one. That's what pro don't means. Don't yeah. have one. <laughs> don't have yeah, one. Of course. All we're asking is that in our life, if we're in a situation for whatever reason mm -hmm. where we need to have one, then don't shame us. Don't go against us and don't block access to it 100%. because we are not forcing you to do something and we just also don't want to be forced. So it's, it's, it's just if we're not going to be judging you, then we don't want you judging us or blocking us or creating legislation that allows, you know, uh, th this stuff to happen. So, Which ironically agreed. is in many ways the golden rule found in all of the religious textbooks right. ever. When that's the irony of mm -hmm. the situation. Baha'u'llah says, breathe not the sins of others so mm -hmm. long as thou art thyself a sinner. Mm -hmm. When you think about wanting to change somebody else, you mm -hmm. look in the mirror and think about all the things mm -hmm. that are wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, but that's not where we are. Mm -hmm. No. And, but I feel um, like so much of the conversation is like, what do you mean you don't yeah. believe? How, yes. how could you possibly, yeah. you know, be, be that stance? How could you, and instead we need to change it to, okay, I understand that, mm -hmm. I respect that. And, and you have this, this connection to this faith or to whatever it mm -hmm. is that makes you believe that. And that's beautiful. And I don't want to get in the way of it. Yeah. I just want to have the opportunity to do that if I need to do that. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's so. such an important conversation. And yet the larger conversation is that we are organizing ourselves by what we are against instead of what we're for. That's true. And I believe that we are living in a time when people are so sad and so lonely and no one is feeling enough. And we are, um, we are acting out like little children and, uh, and aligning ourselves with parties and politics that we don't probably personally believe in, Correct. but think that it, <laughs> it gives us an identity if we join. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I read a, I don't know what it was. I don't, I read it somewhere, but someone had this joke. It was like a, it was like a bumper sticker or something. It was a, if... If men could have abortions, there'd be one at every gas station. Yeah. It'd be an ATM. Yeah. You'd be right. able to get right. And 
and I and I just really appreciate um, first of all the way in which you talked about it. But I think that men need to hear more men sharing that they were a part of one for whatever reason, because as for much shame is exactly. there, as for much shame. Because for every woman that's had one, there is, I mean. Was well, here's involved. the thing, right? So you, you, you see all these women holding signs. Yeah. And, and again, every time we ask a woman to hold a sign that they did that, it's traumatizing. Yeah. It's not, I, I've never met a person. I've never met, met a woman who was like, wore it on a t-shirt and was just like, hey, you know? No big deal. Th- yeah. yeah it, it's like, it, I've, I've never, I'm not saying they don't no, exist, it, but I've never met yeah. a person who, that, that that was an enjoyable thing and they're bragging about it. Well, there's it. this sort of famous photograph of this older white woman that I've seen online many times and she's holding, it's a black and white photo and she's she's holding a sign that says, I can't believe I'm still protesting yeah. this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where we are yeah. with you know, so many that things. He's a woman who her entire life mm-hmm. at various moments was yeah. having to like, oh, let me get that sign out of the shed. Yeah, yeah. it's the same Here sign from yeah. 50, 60 years yeah. ago. Back for our rights. Yeah. Here we go. And at the protest, you know? I mean, it, it was... It's exhausting. It, it is. I mean, the, to, to see women who are so young. I mean, I saw like teenagers, right? 14, 15, 16-year-olds, and then women in their 90s. And it like that brought me to tears too because I was just like, how is this possible? Because this is not radical. Right. Saying no, we should be. preserve Roe is not radical. It, it just, we don't want more rights. We just want the ones that were gained 50 years ago when women couldn't own a credit card and could be raped by their husbands. Like that's what we're asking for. So there is nothing radical about this, but we're meant to feel that it's radical. Hmm. And, you know, again, coming back to your point, cause I get it, Jamie, like as a white person, I am primed to look at news footage, right? And see black people fighting uh, for the for the basic human rights of not being killed by the police and like other basic things that everyone should deserve and have a right to. As a white person who is told time and time and time and time again because of the news that I consume and the stories that are told in the Hollywood movies that I've watched, that black people are more dangerous and that they're being violent and that what they're asking for, you know, they they should be more peaceful. That's how it's being framed for Black Lives Matter. And that's why so many people said, you know, I'm not racist, but I don't, I don't want to say Black Lives Matter. It's the same thing. It's like you're pro-choice. You don't think women should be thrown in jail for needing an abortion. Say abortion. Like say, <laughs> say it. Because when you give in to the stereotype or the narrative that is focused on a minority of women, what you're doing is actually providing more space for resistance to our basic human rights. Does that make sense, it what does. I'm saying? I, and, and I will I will reflect on that because I think you make a very, a very strong point. People do that with racism. We do that with queer kids. We focus on a very small example where something's being done that's so out, you know, outlandish, but it's brainwashing us to stay in our box and to think and, and, and to, you know, what you're doing is also, as I'm listening to you talking, all of you, this limits you. Like it limits you so much for the government to do this and for the Supreme Court to do this because it opens the door to so many other infringements on your privacy. I mean, there are laws I, I, in Texas where literally you could be thrown in jail yeah. because agree, you're you're driving your girlfriend to get, you know, because Giacomo's going with his wife to to get this abortion because she needs it. You're an accomplice. He, he could be like, there could be yeah. bounty hunters. That being, that. that being said, yeah. Jamie has gone on the record saying he's pro-choice. Oh, no, 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 and 100%. I, I know, I know. I've, I, I'm very, I, I will, 
stand behind that. And I appreciate this is not about it, that. I really appreciate us being able to talk about this. And I think this will help so many people yeah. because this thing that doesn't get talked about, that's what needs to be, you know, let me, unpacked. Let me say this. I think that there are a lot of people, good people, who actually are more pro-choice than they think. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then they hear a word like abortion because of maybe their religious upbringing, because of them reconciling certain feelings that, that, yeah. that, that and then they hear it and it, and it doesn't allow them to see the full picture. Mm -hmm. um, and yet if they did, they would absolutely 100% percent say yeah. I'm pro-choice 100% women should control this this yeah. this all, all, all that a large population I believe would really flip yeah if the proper education was given. agreed yeah so I am kind of saying yes to that and yet also recognizing in the meantime there are people that care about it and you use certain terms that throw them their mm -hmm. minds and then now they are not standing by it so if we allow them to possibly yeah don't force them to say you have to use of the word sure. in order to be pro-choice you can say you are pro-choice yes and while you're working through some of this terminology yes. and unlearning something, yes. you can still be pro-choice yes. and stand by it. Mm -hmm. The reason why this, um, this conversation is important is there's a divide and you're both pro-choice. Yeah. And this is the issue yeah. where, yeah. yes, language matters, but this is, this is why we have to be so delicate and yeah, careful with each careful. other. This yeah. is why we have to go back to what Alok said and have compassion over comprehension. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have to understand that like, oh, wait a second, you actually are on my team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we might be approaching it differently. And, and, and that's not happening in so many places, yeah. especially in left-leaning circles. I agree. There's a strange amount of unity I've noticed on the conservative oh, side of things. They fall um, in line. Which is, which, um, <laughs> yeah. But there is a massive amount of divisiveness that yes. I've experienced and seen. Yes. And I appreciate you both having that conversation. This is where we're coming from. We're programmed to, as Jamie said, view ab the word abortion and our bodies for yeah. a lot of people, mm -hmm. if they were raised in religious households, mm -hmm. have a reaction. Mm -hmm. Of course. And they don't actually know mm -hmm. because they haven't had a chance to hear yeah. stories from men like this man with this heart mm -hmm. where they see like, oh, wait a second. Mm -hmm. But I, I would never want that to, you to not be able to have that, which is why the power of vulner vulnerability, the power of storytelling, the mm -hmm. power of showing up, taking off your armor, and sharing your trauma and your pain and your grief is so massively important, which is what you did today. So. It creates conversations. And also if men don't right. see it, we cannot be it. We can't. And that's, that's a big reason for me doing that because I, I was just taking a hard look at myself and, and my life and uh, a lot of the people that inspire me, right? I, I watch things that they do and that mm. inspires me. So if I go, if I'm being inspired by this person yeah. doing this thing, then I too should be doing mm -hmm. something about that because then I'll be inspiring yeah. someone else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I can't be the only person having this reaction mm -hmm. to watching this video or this TED talk or whatever it is. But it can feel like and you that's, are. And that's why I care so much about you and, and about you and about you and this conversation. Mm -hmm. And you, that, 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 like, that's why I'm hard on you. And I'm harder on you than like some guy who, you know, is on a drink. I'm like, you just look at me. What? I'm harder what? on you than some. I'm, than like, <laughs> no, because I feel. I love you. I love no, because you. I do feel like I'm not. You know, There's no favorites here. Okay? I, 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 I singled out Jamie in this conversation. That's what I mean. You know, yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. and that's why I'm harder on you because I know that so many people look up to you, and so many people are inspired by you. And if you say something, they will say something too. It's huge. And so it, that's exactly right. And I think for men, especially, 
um, you know, this is what we've been thinking internally too, is like, how do we get men? And this is why it made me so emotional because like, how do we get men to do what you did without me even having to ask you? Uh, because we, we're, we're aware that men, yeah, listen to other men, women, listen to women, right? Like we look up to women, obviously we look up to men too, but it's different. Yeah. And so we have so many examples of women doing it. We need examples of men doing it too. If every man, if every man who's ever been in a relationship that, uh, who had a partner that had an abortion came forward and said this happened to them, America would have a different view on what's happening right now. It's kind of like the Me Too movement, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, that what that started and the the sort of like snowball effect of, you know, it's no secret that women have been sexually uh, assaulted. But when every day you were getting inundated with all <laughs> these other people that you knew and that you loved and that you watched on TV or 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 day to day people civilians, you know, suddenly you you were just present of the the magnitude of it, yeah. you know, and how present it is in everywhere in society, in every state, in every place in the world, and how many men were hiding and being like, oh, oh I hope I'm yeah. not next. Yeah. Why start, would yeah. why I, why even have those feelings, right? Mm. Unless we've all been a part of it. We should start a men too um, hashtag men too, and then this should be um, men too. This is its own episode. I'm deciding. It, We're it putting is. this out. And, and, like, and, or, or, or what I love that you have done. Thank you for doing this. You have come back. You were on our podcast before, and you came back to be a part of our finale. And rather than talk about um, some of the accolades and some of the wonderful things that you've been doing, you have decided to use this time to talk about this very sensitive subject that has been around for a long time, but also right now we're dealing with it in, in a way that we haven't in, in such a long time. And you started with your own personal experience. I appreciate you allowing that space to be about that and appreciate allowing us that. to have a conversation that wasn't really about you coming on. And, and I wanna say one more thing. Um, I don't believe, and, I'm, and, and I know that it's, I'm gonna be careful how I say this. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that we take care of men who've had to go through what you just went through. I don't think that there's a place for us um, to go because the grief generally is only allowed for the woman. Correct. And, um, and I'm not comparing the two experiences, yeah. mm -mm. but- They can't be. Um, because she's carrying the baby and has to terminate the pregnancy. And it's a, it's a, it's a physiological difference, right? However, um, the grief is the same and the emotional impact is the same and mm -hmm. the mourning of a future you're not gonna ever get is the same. And I want you to know I'm so sorry. And thank you for sharing that. Thank you, man. I love you. I love you. And, I, and if you're a man listening to this, and I see this over and over, you are allowed to grieve. You're allowed to have sorrow and sadness, of course, be there for your partner if you've experienced a miscarriage. But take care of your damn selves too, because yeah. this has happened to you. Yeah. Whether it was a, a daughter or a son, you had a name or a vision for the future, you were creating a life. And unfortunately, we have failed you and all the men in society because there's no place for us to go. There's no place for us to grieve. And this is not a comparison of grief, but reach out to another man yeah. and cry if you need to, because you're hurting too. And if you don't 
cry those tears. They will stick in your body. They will stay in your body, and they will turn into to anger and stress. And they'll and hurt sickness, other people, and you'll hurt somebody else yeah. because of it. So thank you for being brave enough to come here and share that, man. I'm so sorry you had to experience that. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. We'll be right back. Uh, this is Man Enough. Um, wow. I, I think it speaks for itself. Yeah. There's, nothing, there's nothing that we could add to that conversation that hasn't already been said. Mm-hmm. Um, Other than um, I am really moved how much you were moved. Um, and also saddened by how much you were moved Um, because you had said as I think I had said earlier that uh, you've been waiting to hear a man say that and while I'm thrilled that he was able to do that it also makes me a little um, why why weren't you the first to do that Jamie Mm -hmm. why didn't you give that to her I don't want to not be that to my mother and to my sister to my friends Mm -hmm. I don't want to be someone to say that someone else always did it before me so um, I'm glad he did, and I'm glad you you echoed his thoughts, and I learned, and I heard you. Thank you. And I'm just glad that uh, you were both able to communicate, yes. share opinions, and still love, respect, mm-hmm. and care about each other. Because too often, that conversation, even though you're on the same team, turns into a fight where you're no longer on the same team. And we need much more unity. Baha'u'llah says that so powerful is the light of unity that it can illumine the whole earth. And we need some light right now. And you are both light givers. Uh, so with that, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for our season finale. And uh, I'm Justin Baldoni. I'm Liz Plank. I'm Jamie Heath. And this is Man Enough. Thank you for listening to the Man Enough podcast, produced by Wayfair Studios and presented by Procter & Gamble in partnership with Cadence 13, an Odyssey company. Hosted by Justin Baldoni, Liz Plank, and me, Jamie Heath. If you like what you heard, please follow us and tune in weekly as we undefine masculinity and learn in real time. Justin Baldoni, Jamie Heath, and Tara Malhotra Feinberg from Wayfair Studios, Mark Pritchard and Kerry Rathode from Procter & Gamble, and Chris Corcoran from Cadence 13 are our executive producers. Kahea Kiwaha is our producer. Brandy Cole is head of marketing. Susie Landers O'Connell is our assistant editor. And Josh Schneider is our lead editor. Thanks for listening.